In this episode of Veterans AZ, we commemorate Veterans Day. We honor and thank United States veterans around Arizona and across the world. Saying thank you for your service is a kind gesture that many offer when meeting a veteran. In this episode, we meet Arizonans who are putting incredibly meaningful actions behind those words, truly supporting veterans in our community who need it the most. We will meet Army veteran Stephen Kirby and his dog Scout and learn how the Dogs for Vets program helps veterans handle the stresses and challenges of post-service life through the power of canine companionship. First, I sat down with three hidden heroes, Sharon Grassi, Ann Atkinson, and Bree Shields are Elizabeth Dole Foundation Caregiver Fellows. They are among the 5.5 million military caregivers in the United States who shift the focus of their lives to caring for wounded, injured, and ill service members in their families. I am here today with Sharon Grassi and Ann Atkinson and Bree Shields, all Elizabeth Dole Foundation Caregiver Fellows here in the state of Arizona. Thank you so much for being in studio with us and, and for this conversation this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Can each of you tell us a little more about the veteran in your life? Starting with you, Sharon. Uh, my veteran is my son. So I'm considered a parent caregiver. And my son was a post 9-11 Army combat medic who served uh, with First Armored and 25th ID over the course of nine years. Uh, he had two tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan um, and um, now has multiple injuries that accumulated over the course of his deployments and time in the military. Multiple concussions. They go up like a hero and they come down but were you know real bodies so he has a lot of spine damage and and hearing and you know quite a few injuries so we are happy to be helping out with him we certainly thank him for his service thank you um and how about the veteran in your life i care for my husband he's also post 9 11. he served in the marine corps um, he joined the military after the attacks on September 11th. He didn't want his kids to grow up in that kind of world. So he was deployed to Iraq and he sustained illnesses and injuries. And it's like she said, they're human. <laughs> they come back down and things settle in. But that's where we're at. We have our kids and... And, and recently moved to Arizona. We did. We love it here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're, we'll happy stay to, forever. <laughs> we're happy to have you here. Um, and Bree, tell us about your veteran. Yes, so I care for my husband. He is also uh, post 9-11, enlisted in the Army as a Cav Scout and deployed to Afghanistan in 2013. Um, just like my fellows here, he has multiple injuries, some visible and some invisible. Um, so we have great family support and friends that just lift us up and help um, to make new adaptations to life. So. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit more, um, and we'll start with you this time, Bree. Um, what, what is a typical day or week like for a caregiver, or is there any such thing as a typical day? <laughs> right. It's more of the latter. I will say um, it's, it ebbs and flows. Some weeks we are in 
multiple appointments, whether that is through the VA, externally, um, and then other weeks, you know, it, it's a little bit more calm. And I think it also depends on the time of year, too, whether there are certain um, death anniversaries or certain holidays that are triggering um, can kind of change the care that I'm giving for him. So, um, yeah, I, we've gotten really good at um, swerving and, and at adapting every week to see, you know, what's needed and, and really each day to see um, how injuries are kind of presenting themselves and what's needed for that day. So um, typical day is untypical. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree with that, Anne? Absolutely. Every single day is different and you just adapt to it and it's normal. I would say probably every caregiver experiences that's very common. Mm -hmm. What types of care are you providing, Sharon? Well, my son's care has ebbed and flowed, as all of us recognize. Um, initially, it was helping him kind of level his moods when he came home and really identify what was a priority for care. Um, he had a lot of injuries, a lot of confusion from multiple concussions, so it's hard to process a lot of things. So um, I was working when he came out of the military, and we had, you know, the VA brings them out, gives them an orientation, and I remember um, asking, should I come? And they said, no, no, he'll be fine. It took us about a year to straighten out that orientation and what he didn't know how to how to um, tell someone what he needed. Um, I eventually quit my job to help him for what I thought would be about six months. Um, but navigating um, the multiple systems that we need to do with the veteran. Um, currently, we're dealing with wound care. We're dealing with um, a multiple um, appointments, juggling those appointments. And, and similar uh, in your situation? Yes. Um, the care needs, my, my veteran has mobility issues and neurological issues and so it's just, I feel like there's so many hoops to jump through and especially when you're a new caregiver, you don't know what you're doing. When we started we didn't have the foundation, which is amazing that they're there now. And that's part of all of this is to try to reach out and say, hey, you're not alone. This is what you do. This is how you deal with this issue. Learn how to advocate for yourself and advocate for them because they really can't do it. And that's why we're here is because they can't sit here themselves and say what is happening. Mm -hmm. We need to do that part for them, too. Yeah. And they're soldiers or Marines, and they don't want to be ill. They don't mm -hmm. want to no. be injured. They would rather just turn around and go back where they were and tough yes. it out, right? Yes. Tough it out. Yeah, and that's, I think, too, where um, sometimes identifying as a caregiver comes in later. Because for myself, it was easy in the beginning to say, like, well, it's just a bad day, and everybody has bad days. Or, like, I just forgot something and everybody forgets something and or I'm just sensitive to the light but doesn't everybody get sensitive to the light so you start to dismiss it until you can't anymore mm -hmm. and um, I think it's so special to have three of us here because everybody's journey is a little bit different so the types of care that's being um, 
facilitated ranges greatly in our caregiver community. If you are handling appointments, if you are emotionally supporting someone, if you are making sure they take their pills, it, it doesn't have to be this catastrophic injury that mm -hmm. you can see, that you're physically doing things. If you're paying the bills, if you're juggling things for another person, no matter your relation to them, you're a caregiver, honey. You just are. So I would say go to hiddenheroes.org, and that's the foundation website for caregivers. Sign up with them. Uh, they do checks to make sure, so it's very solid that you're in this group that are caregivers. You don't have to be in the VA caregiver support program. No matter how you're touching this with your life, you're a caregiver and we're here to support you. And then you get plugged in. I'm not a Facebook person, but I have it just for this. You get plugged into the, it's called the Hidden Heroes Caregiver Community. Mm -hmm. And that's where all those thousands of amazing people come together and really support each other. I think one of the best things that the Elizabeth Dole Foundation has developed is something they call the journey map. And it helps us, you can look at it and it's kind of based as a big wheel. And it helps us look at the different stages of caregiving so that we can identify um, and say, you know what, I, I am confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know the acronyms that are, you know, people are throwing at us. I don't know what I don't know. And that's in that very beginning stage. And then there's the middle stage where you're starting to kind of understand and cope with things and learn and connect with other caregivers. And then there's the stage where you're like, hey, I'm pretty good. I, I'm awesome at this. But it also recognizes that with what we deal with with our veterans, at any point along the wheel, something can happen with your veteran and all of a sudden you go back to square one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it lets us know that sliding backwards is not about us. Sometimes it's just about where we get thrown back into the system. And we now know how to kind of get back. And, and how did you become involved with the, with the foundation? Um, the caregiver support program at the VA where we lived before uh, shared some of their information. And I, same thing, I didn't know I was a caregiver because especially at our age, mm -hmm. we think of maybe someone who's hired or taking care of an elderly person, not my husband. I didn't I didn't, I, I think I still almost don't identify with the word caregiver. I wish there was a better word for it mm -hmm. because it, it just, it feels odd to me. And it took me four years to realize I was even a caregiver. And it was the caregiver support program that said, no, you are. It's like they're shaking you. Mm -hmm. And that's another, that I, is probably the most important part of what we do is help people say, oh, I do that. I do that. I'm. Yes, yesterday I met a caregiver. She did know she was a caregiver, but she thought she was the only one. And I was like, honey, there's five and a half million of us in our country. You are not alone. And she was sharing how she doesn't have anyone to talk to about this stuff. I didn't. It, people don't understand it. And so it becomes very isolating and you're alone. And that's, again, there's so many facets to the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, but there's a community that you can come in and on Facebook, we're all over the country, 
you can post a question that you would just have no idea and you have 50 people mm -hmm. who know the answer. You're not alone anymore. And that's why it's so important to identify yourself and get plugged in with this giant community because you aren't alone. So people will ask me a lot, like what has helped your husband the most? And I think that people are looking for an answer, like a certain type of therapy. And I always say it's people. It is people for myself and my husband that have just been able to say, um, tell me more or like let me know your story or let me be um, curious about who you are or nothing's changed you may be injured or you may be a caregiver and nothing has changed and, and we're still here for the journey of who you are and that is so reassuring because as a caregiver and for myself there was some some grieving process and figuring out like oh man who am I now and and this role I, I just kind of fell into and wasn't prepared for and wrestling a little bit with identity and, and for people to come around and say, that's, that's great, awesome, you know, how do we support you in that? Um, our online community is fantastic. When you join uh, the Hidden Heroes through the website, you get directed to join this peer support community. We have thousands of members, like Anne said, that will, you know, in the drop of a hat, you know, whether it is looking for a resource or just even sharing, hey, I'm having this kind of a day and, and how, is there any advice for that? I talked to uh, a couple of veterans a few episodes ago who are active in the PTSD Foundation. Um, and they advised that the, probably the most challenging step for a veteran in that situation is just that first call. Um, would you say that it might be a similarly challenging situation for situations like all of yours to, to step out for help is almost like admitting that that your life and, and your veteran's life is probably going to be different than you had imagined it would be. Yes. Is that, is that the most challenging part, you think? Yes, absolutely. It's really difficult, that first step. And, and I think even each step that we do something that's a little different, we have our lives built, and especially me, I'm old. So, you know, you, I was kind of stable in my life where I was going, and all of a sudden uh, the majority of the p people that I connect with are now military spouses and military siblings and uh, you know these group of people that are caring for their veterans and it, it is difficult to um, make that first step make those connections but um, as Bree was saying when you do that um, there's a difference between speaking to someone that has this blank stare when you're talking about things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day and it feels very uncomfortable and then talking to each other and they're doing exactly <laughs> what they're doing yeah. right now where they're nodding and going oh yeah I I completely understand so you you begin this snowball effect of going okay this is these are my people mm -hmm. and and this is where I connect and you have to let go of some of the things that you really wanted in life. Um, not everything. You learn to rebuild. Um, I love my life now. It's not what I expected, but I, it's, I'm, I'm absolutely happy to be in the circles that I'm in. And uh, do you think there are adequate resources and programs out there for, for caregivers and, and for our wounded and injured veterans? No. I don't, that's the short answer. The VA does have some great programs. Um, what they have is amazing. We need more. 
we need better access to those programs. Um, we just spoke on this maybe a month ago. A lot of community caregiver programs, meaning civilian side, assume that the VA takes care of everything for our veterans and for us as caregivers, and it's just not true. There's, uh, I mean, we have the isolation issue. People aren't self-identifying. We, we could go on and on about the Absolutely. devastation to our careers is just, it's blown. So what are we supposed to do? And you know, there's this program at the VA that we may or may not continue to qualify for. So like my veteran requires 24 seven around the clock care. How am I supposed to go get a job? And, and I'm, I'd love to work. I, I miss it. That's Sharon was talking about getting derailed. We Very miss much. those things. And, and so does my husband. He wants to go to back, back to work too. It's just not an option. And so we need, we need classes, we need training. We need validation, even just in our own community, to have somebody nodding their head and understanding because people don't get it, and that's okay. And when we first start out, we don't know what we're doing at all. Mm -hmm. And we need, I, I think it's important, the biggest thing for the community is to recognize what a caregiver is mm -hmm. so they can say, hey, you are a caregiver. That's what you're doing. Here's these resources, and that's why events that we're doing coming up and things like that and having the community there so they can recognize it and help each other and support each other. So yeah, we, we definitely need more. Yeah. And I'll ask you, is there something you know now that you wish you had known when you started this journey that maybe you can help someone else skip to that step of the process? A billion things. <laughs> <laughs> If I had to pick just one, it's that you're not the only one. And there are people like you who understand and you just need to learn how to ask for help. And it's okay. And accept that. Yeah, and things are different now. And it's okay. We're You're happy. You just said that. We're happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's You just have to learn how to live around it and find your happiness inside of all of the tornado and chaos of everything. And there's a lot of tornado and chaos in everything. All the time, <laughs> but it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, I just adding on to that, you know, the rain isn't constant always, you know, mm -hmm. the sun comes out and it's, you know, a good day. And so I think that just something we've already touched on is getting connected to not only resources, but people. And so that's why, um, with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, there is that community aspect with our online community, but then we have a ton of resources as well. And I think that from uh, a military member and then also a family perspective, they kind of adopt that, like, I'm just going to tough it out and I'm, I'm, I'm maybe not going to accept the help. I'll, I'll leave that for somebody else. And it's okay to, you know, uh, take part in our respite program or take part in our um, online caregiver courses so that you can keep going on because that's the biggest thing I think I learned was when I when my husband was first injured we kind of realized the scope of his injuries it it was just the like whiplash tornado it, it was hard and so <clears throat> my method was just okay 
I'm organized. I, I'm just going to go to town and like organize everything. We'll just, you know, do X, Y, and Z and it'll be great. And, um, I was really burnt out. I was extremely burnt out and I realized that when I started to care for myself or accept some of those other resources, the care that I gave my veteran drastically improved. And so just a reminder for caregivers to, um, you know, find those moments for themselves, accept the help that's out there for them um, because it's out there so that they can continue to support their veteran well. Is there something you've maybe learned about yourself or in your case about your husband that that you're not that surprises you now or or that you're particularly proud of yeah so he is the most open-minded person when it comes to treatments you know i will because i'm a big researcher that's like a hobby of mine so i'll say i found this really unique treatment that like you know is new and and what do you think about trying it and he's like Let's go. So whereas in the past, you may have thought, oh, that's kind of weird or that sounds not like something I'm into. He's been really open to um, just trying whatever he can to to help heal his injuries. And um, I'm so proud of that. That fighting spirit never left. You know, it never left. And in fact, I think it's stronger. And I just am so amazed at his ability to get back up continuously always get back up and then i think for myself just um before i i would say yeah you know i'm a pretty resilient and now i'm like oh i'm a very gritty person i am resilient that is my my superpower right there and so um don't necessarily loved how it grew but i'm glad it, it came through so and how about you ann you made me emotional <laughs> <laughs> i think with him it's the same. He's a warrior. He, and he approaches his situation that way too. I don't think he would say that about himself, but he is brave and he gets up every day and does the absolute best that he can. And I just am so, I would complain all the time if it were me in that situation. He's happy. He's silly. He's teasing the kids. He's running around with the dogs when he can like I just I'm so impressed with I guess tenacity just for wanting to be happy and choosing to be happy for myself I've learned to advocate I used to have a hard time saying no to people and now I'm like why was that so hard for me I say no all the time (laughs) but learning to advocate for myself learning to advocate for my husband and now with the fellowship I get to advocate for other people in our situation and I just I can't believe that we get to do something so cool with this hard situation and so important uh, too Uh, you Sharon any Uh, insights well you know again I'm old so when I came into this role uh, I'm a technical person I'm not a nurturer and I recognize that I come from a family of medical people that are nurturers so I chose not to be a nurturer and I now call myself a closet nurturer I am coming out of the closet with these nurturing skills that I didn't realize I had or wanted and you know we're growing my son is learning to accept my version of nurturing. And and we're learning to be that different kind of family. Because normally, you know, as a parent, 
you want your children to become independent and we're learning to grow into this non-nuclear family kind of thing where we become more friends slash family slash whatever um, and it works and and we've learned how to be nurturing within with each other and I think that's a that's a great thing that I could you know pull out of some part of myself well thank you all so very much it's been a great conversation and I, I hope it's helpful to to those watching and listening to to meet you and, and learn your stories I think I think most people would, would easily recognize that your son and, and your husband and your husband are, are heroes. They enlisted voluntarily after our nation was attacked on 9-11 and they went into harm's way. Um, but you're the hidden heroes and, and you're really clearly working on behalf of, of your veterans and, uh, and we're truly thankful because uh, it's easy to say thank you for your service, uh, but it's much more challenging to to put your life on hold and, and care for your veterans. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your stories and helping others in the same situation. I think it's the most important thing we can do to, to really help our veterans. Thank so you. thank you. Thank, thank you, you for much. having us. Yeah. As we honor those who serve on Veterans Day, we also honor amazing Americans like Anne, Bree, and Sharon. Many of our veterans could not live the lives they deserve without people like them. Learn how you can support these hidden heroes in your community at hiddenheroes.org. The profound support and therapeutic benefit that people can gain from a service animal is well known. And the military, of course, has many four-legged members, assisting our forces in a wide variety of missions. The American Service Animals Society, based right here in Chandler, Arizona, builds on that historic bond between veterans and their dogs. Their Dogs for Vets program is dedicated to enabling disabled veterans to live a more productive life thanks to the assistance of their service animals. Brace, brace. There we go, good boy, good scout. Meet Scout, he's more than man's best friend. This is my buddy Scout. He's got my six for sure. Scout is United States Army veteran Stephen Kirby's service dog. Stephen served many roles in the U.S. Army during his 30-year career, and it took him all over the world. I got my commission in the Army uh, in 1987 from New Mexico Military Institute. Uh, joined the Army Reserve uh, and was an armor officer for several years. Did that uh, until the mid-90s. Uh, it got to be a real challenge to balance that family, kids, full-time job, army, I was a commander, couldn't do all of that. And so we made the, the decision to go on active duty. And while he's incredibly proud of what he's been able to accomplish, it did not come without a cost. I've got service-connected disabilities. Uh, I'm grateful that I have all my fingers and toes, um, but not all wounds are visible. As a soldier, he thought he just had to keep going. I would probably try to be grunting through life because I can and because it's a tough, it's a tough guy thing, right? I don't need any help. I could do this. I don't, you know, but that's, that's unhealthy. Um, we, we all need somebody. And for Stephen, that somebody was Scout. Scout was a surprise Christmas gift from Stephen's wife, Tracy. 
His sweet nature inspired Stephen and Tracy to look into having Scout become a therapy dog to visit local hospitals and nursing homes. But as they progressed down this road, it became obvious Stephen would benefit from a task-oriented service dog. That's when they found the American Service Animal Society, ASAS, and joined their Dogs for Vets program. The two became certified in May. There are things that he can do that I didn't realize he could do. And, and so for me, it's, it opens up an opportunity to dialogue with, with the rest of humanity, you know, because people like to come see him. And then I'm able not only to tell the Army story, I'm able to tell the ASAS story. ASAS's Dogs for Vets program helps disabled veterans train their own dog to be their service dog. The organization sponsors disabled veterans that qualify with lifetime, no-cost service dog training and certification. What I like most about this program is that it, the, the onus was on us as the handler to do the training. Uh, so it's not that you, know, you, 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 you write a letter and you get a dog that's all trained. I mean, we were being trained how to communicate with the dog and have the dog, me being able to read him, just like he's able to read me. And that kind of partnership is unique and life-changing one that so many veterans are able to experience and benefit from thanks to Dogs for Vets. Whether it's somebody with anxiety or PTSD or, or some sort of trauma, you know, there's something very grounding about a dog like this that loves you no matter what. Doesn't matter what kind of day you've had, he loves me no matter what. Sean Claisman is the Director of Operations at ASAS. His father and stepmother, Jared and Debbie founded the program in 2005. Jared is a 100% disabled Navy veteran, and knowing how expensive and long the waiting period for a trained service dog can be, they created Dogs for Vets to give back, and they've helped more than a thousand veterans. We work with the veteran and their own dog, which makes us uh, unique from several programs. About 80% of our dogs are rescues, so if the veteran does not have a dog, we advocate the use of rescues. So they, they have their own dog, they come in, we do an assessment just to make sure that they will be able to perform those tasks, they have the right temperament, uh, but there's no real restriction on, on breeds or age of the dog. Typically it takes 10 to 16 months to complete the program, and that includes basic obedience, safety, public access, which is taking them out to stores and restaurants and outdoor locations to get as much real world experience as possible. Last is task training. The dogs that go through the program will learn to perform four tasks directly related to the owner's disability. They can help with night terrors, it can be depression, help with anxiety, um, mobility, they can retrieve items, they can get uh, medicine, uh, go get help, they can go find somebody if, if they've fallen, they can retrieve a telephone. And over the years, Dogs for Vets has become more than just a service dog training program they have built a supportive network for veterans. We have barbecues, we have picnics, um, coffee socials every month, so we give them plenty of opportunities to stay engaged. We tell everybody, you're part of our family. You're part of the ASAS family. So we do everything we can to, to help them out, not just when it comes to dog training, but you know, if they have any other problems or questions, you know, we, we try to help them. The American Service Animal Society receives most of their funding from Arizona state tax credits and support from private and nonprofit organizations and from individuals like you. 
Supporting the Dogs for Vets program is a great way to express not only your support of veterans, but your love of animals. For more information or to donate, visit dogsforvets.org. As the spouse or dependent child of a veteran or service member, you may qualify for certain benefits like health care, life insurance, or money to help pay for school or training. As the survivor of a veteran or service member, you may qualify for added benefits, including help with burial costs and survivor compensation. If you're caring for a veteran, you may also be eligible for support to help you better care for the veteran and for yourself. To find out which benefits you may qualify for and how to access them, visit va.gov and search Family Benefits. As we close this episode of Veterans AZ, once again, we thank every veteran in our community and the families and organizations who serve and care for them. Thank you for watching. A veteran is someone who at one point in his or her life wrote a blank check payable to the United States of America for an amount up to and including his or her life to keep America free and the world safe. They are all heroes to me and I am humbled and privileged to have served with them and to know so many of those incredible men and women. A veteran is a 90-year-old man in a wheelchair sitting, looking out a window of a VA hospital who everyone on the staff calls sir. She is the nurse who fought to save life and limbs and went to sleep for two years, sobbing most nights in frustration in the Da Nang Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. He's the boy next door who went away to Afghanistan and came back another person. So remember each time you see someone who served our country, just lean over and say thank you. That's all most need, and it will mean more to them than all the medals they could have possibly ever earned.